Welcome back to Mind Body Yay. Thank you for joining me. This is the place to come to put the yay back into your mind and body. I am Kate Lucas, your host for this podcast. I'm a mindfulness and self-care coach and yoga and meditation teacher. I'm also the founder of katelucasco.com. I'm a busy mum and a mental health advocate. Uh, the purpose of Mind Body Yay is to provide you with education, techniques and practices that help nourish your mind, body and soul. And so today we have a very special guest with us to talk about mental health. So definitely nourishing our mind today. Uh, Abby Williams is the founder uh, and CEO of uh, Letters of Hope, which is a charity and a movement that helps raise awareness and breaks the stigma of mental health. Abby is also an Australian and New Zealand mental health ambassador. She's a speaker and facilitator and all-round superstar for making the world a better place. So welcome, Abby, to Thank the Mind you. Body Yay podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Pleasure. No, it's been so good. And we met um, virtually, um, well, about 18 months ago, or, or yeah. 12 months, 12 to 18 months ago, and um, I've loved connecting with you ever since. So it's Thank been, you. it is amazing to 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 get you on this podcast and I would love for you to give our audience a bit of an introduction in your own words um, of yourself and your inspiration for starting Letters of Hope and and where it all came from. Nice thank you and thanks for having me. I'm so it's been a journey I it's always nice to reflect back on where everything started so I'm my name's Abby, of course, and I am, as you can tell from my strong Northern English accent, I'm not originally from Australia. I'm originally from uh, a town called Leeds in the UK, and um, I've always been really passionate about mental health because of my own lived experience, which started when I was a teenager. Um, I used to love reading, so I actually ended up studying English language and literature at university. Mm. Um, but whilst I was studying, my own mental health hit rock bottom and I asked for help for the very first time um, when I was around 18 years old. So when I embarked on that recovery journey myself, I kind of found a huge passion in the mental health space. Um, I started to kind of pick up on signs in other people, whether it be, mm. you know, on the bus ride to uni, um, whether it be while I'm studying in the library and I see that someone else looks anxious or down. Um, and I remember saying to my university counsellor that I was noticing these things and I wanted to be able to do something about them. Mm. Um, and I remember her saying to me, are you sure you want to get involved in this space? It might be a little bit triggering for your own mental health. Um, but I said, absolutely, there's some kind of fire in my mm. belly and I want to help people. So when I was in the UK, I did a little bit of volunteer work in the peer support space, mm -hmm. um, supporting the mental health of the community. And I was presented with the opportunity to move to Australia in 2017. Mm. Um Great decision. Not <laughs> Great decision. I'm still here about almost seven years later, so it's obviously worked out well. Um, and my wonderful grandparents became my pen pals not long after I moved over here. So um, before COVID, 
they weren't really on board with using things like Zoom and FaceTime. It took the pandemic to really push them into that. Um, and my nana in particular um, just didn't grasp that I got free phone calls from Australia to the UK. <laughs> so she would often say on our phone calls, oh, I'm, I'm going to let you go now. This will be costing you an absolute fortune. So it didn't matter how many times I explained I get free calls. Um, so we kind of resorted to our main form of communication being through handwritten letters to each other from the UK to Australia. Um, obviously, having moved countries, it's always a huge thing. Um, settling in somewhere new, making new friends, mm. meeting new people. So my own mental health took a bit of a hit when I first moved here. Um, and... I really noticed how uplifting the experience was. Mm. Um, I think, first of all, actually having something to look forward to. So, you know, having a tough day, but thinking, oh, actually, I might be able to check the mailbox when I get mm. home and there might be something in there. Um, but then it's a little actually, glimmer, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's a glimmer. It really is. Um, and then actually opening it, reading it, um, I had a bit of a light bulb moment of I want to give this feeling to other people who are struggling mm. with their mental health as well. So um, Letters of Hope really started with me sharing a post around in a few Facebook groups saying, hey, um, I struggle. I know a lot of other people do too. Mm. Does anyone want some kind handwritten words in their mailbox essentially? Um, I think people were a bit apprehensive at first, like who's this strange lady asking for everyone's address in Facebook mm. groups. <laughs> uh, but once people got past that, um, it really started the movement. And that you was have, what a movement. And what a yeah. movement. Um, yeah. And just so our audience knows, Abby's been getting some fantastic press lately yeah. as well, which has just been so exciting to see you on TV Thank um, you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just sharing your story, like, and getting some mainstream media uh, onto it so that obviously yeah. that generates more letters, right, and yeah. and more. And I, th I think I saw on your website today it was, was it 2,250 or so letters that have yeah, been Yeah, we're up to 2, over 2,700 oh, now. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is because oh we've God, had hundreds over the last few weeks. <laughs> yeah it's so exciting yeah it's really cool we've had such a big response and and not just the letter requests but um mm. volunteers registering mm. as well I mean this time last year I think we had six volunteer letter writers and now we've got over 500 so it's oh absolutely God. skyrocketed <laughs> that's that's amazing that's like it's, yeah. it's so so if someone wants to send a letter yeah what do they need to do Yep, if they want to get on board with becoming a letter writer, they just need to head to the website. Mm -hmm. um, so care, mm -hmm. and we've got a little volunteer section where you can register there. Uh, the more that I say Letters of Hope out loud, the more that I realise I should have called this charity something different because my Yay. accent's so strong. <laughs> so <laughs> when I'm at networking events and people are like, oh, what do you do? I'm like, I run a charity called Letters of Hope. They look at me really blankly. <laughs> I think it's the perfect name for what you do. And I think it's funny, <laughs> it's that word hope is just, yes. it, it's just, it's such a simple but profound word. 
Yeah. Um, and I think that's what you do. And I think when sometimes you're in those dark moments or vulnerable moments and all of that, like a hope and getting a letter of hope, like I, it's perfect. It's perfect name. Yeah. It is something that can add that light to your day. Yeah. Thank you. And I think that's what really why it came to be letters of hope. I think having been through my own uh, mental health struggles, mm. um, you know, I've definitely been in the headspace where it can feel like there is no hope and it can mm. feel like, uh, you know, the world's this terrible dark place. Mm. So I wanted the letters to be something that challenges that mm. um, and can change someone's perspective in that moment. Yeah. No, that's good. And so if you're someone that wants a letter or or knows someone that needs a letter, because I yeah. know we all know someone that we can recommend a letter to, what do what Definitely. do we do? So where where do we go? Yeah, so we've made it super easy. It's just mm-hmm. on the homepage. So mm-hmm. again, www.lettersofhope.care. <laughs> um, and the first thing you see is a big orange button that says request a letter oh, beautiful. and you can request that for yourself but you can request it for someone else and yeah. it's been really beautiful to see people requesting it for others because mm. you know I think we can all relate to knowing that someone's struggling but not really knowing what to say um, and it feels like we're able to bridge that gap a little yeah. bit and create connections between people which is fantastic and sometimes people just don't know you, like you said, want to help, yeah. uh, but don't know what to say or don't know if they'll be causing more damage or don't know, yeah. you know, and I think that's the thing. And and I know like you do the mental health first aid training as well. Yeah. And I know I did my first one last year um, nice. as an attendee to to, to get that. Um, and I learned so much yeah. um, for how to have a conversation and how yeah. to lean into the conversation so it's definitely yeah. something I do recommend people get their mental health first aid um, yeah. certificate. I find I use it and, you know, I know we both work and I, I work in change and transformation and I have these conversations nearly every yeah. day that draw yeah. on those skills from that. Exactly. It's something I actually did it for the first time in the UK. So mm. uh, 2015 was the first time I went through the training mm. and I've used it in pretty much any situation you can think of like work home but also I've had conversations with strangers too Mm. um and I remember when I went through it looking at the instructor and thinking oh this would be such a cool job it's just a shame I hate public speaking so much (laughs) but now I love it I uh it it shows how much of a long way I've come in my own mental health journey I think (laughs) oh totally and you do a lot of public speaking now yeah Most and, I mean, days. Going on, on to some of these media would get the um, anxiety going before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> For some sure. Deep, some deep breathing before <laughs> before um, going on to, yeah, to, to some of those programs. Definitely. It's always scary, especially, uh, you know, when I did recently was live. Mm. So my that's the first time in a long time where I felt like my anxiety was a little bit out of control again. <laughs> Um, but I got through it. Deep breaths definitely helped. Yeah, de- yeah. <laughs> and it's um, and I think knowing bringing it back to your purpose, like you're doing this because you're spreading the word. Yes. So that you can have an impact and yeah. keep that movement going, right? And exactly, I think that always because I know I was always the same. Like it, you know, with 
even the work I'm doing now and, you know, and I do a lot of teaching and coaching um, and I was very, you know, and do a lot of videos and podcasting. And I remember the first time I was recorded a video, I was like so nervous. And so, and I'm like, well, you've just got to get over yourself if you yeah. want to get your message out there. Right? Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> like when you're so passionate about something, it does help you overcome a lot. Like mm. there's no way I'd be public speaking now if I wasn't doing uh, the charity. Yeah. But because you've got that purpose that feels bigger than yourself, mm. it kind of drives you to be like, oh, well, this is just a, this is a moment of discomfort, but <laughs> yeah. contributing to the greater good. <laughs> totally. And you've got to just, yeah, yeah bear, bear with it while, <laughs> while it is. But look at the yeah. outcome, right? More than 500 now volunteers. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. and is it all all different types of people that just heard yeah. this, uh, seeing it, and then now you know, kind of going, "Wow, I want to be a letter writer." And yeah, we've got such a diverse uh, volunteer base, which I absolutely love because we've just built this small community of um, like-minded people, but from different walks of life, you know all genders all backgrounds um we've got most of our volunteers here in australia but we do have mm. some outside of australia in the us italy mm. uh, new zealand like it brings people together mm. and we're also seeing uh, a huge increase in letter recipients mm. uh, actually becoming volunteers after receiving mm. their own letter of hope so they actually decide oh I'd like to do this for someone else now mm. um, that's, and that's, that's been a, really cool yeah such a beautiful um example of like that circle of service right? yeah like being on the end of it and then you karma really isn't it yeah. <laughs> kind of letting that um yeah paying it forward kind of pay. I think it's yeah it's it's it, that's yeah. why I think I just was so captivated I know from the first moment we met like yeah with just it's just got such a good vibe to it yeah um, and I yeah. think that's you know almost a testament to you as well for Thank you know driving you. it and doing it but it's just such um an easy way to help people and I think now yeah. sometimes people don't know how to how good it is for your mental health to oh, help yeah. someone else and I know a lot of the time they say if you're going through something tough um be of service for someone else or yeah. do something for someone else and that obviously shifts your vibration as well and shifts your mood yeah. Um, and can get you into that set that a different wavelength of um, gratitude as well, which yeah. also obviously helps with your your mental health. So Definitely. how does helping others, like from what you're seeing, like how does helping others help your mental health yeah. as well? Oh, it's just my own mental health journey has just come such a long way because of this. Mm. And I think that is mostly because of helping other people and how rewarding that's been for me. Mm. Um, I've always being passionate about kindness so mm. I've got you know my beautiful parents who have always raised me and my brother to always be kind to people always mm. treat people how you want to be treated um so it's something that I've lived by for a long time but mm. um through letters of hope it's it's just that feeling of helping someone um and the feeling of making a difference is mm. just absolutely huge because I think it gives you a real sense of purpose and um, a sense of why you're here, as mm. cheesy as that sounds. Like when my mental health is bad, it, it can be really bad and it can be why am I here, like what's mm. the point? So being able to help someone else, it gives you a, a purpose, it gives you a why 
Mm. Um, and it answers those questions. And I think sometimes people underestimate just how powerful such a simple act of kindness can actually be. Mm. Um, you know, there's always going to be people who are sceptical no matter what you do. And sometimes we are faced with people who might be like, well, it's just a handwritten letter. Like what difference is it really mm. making? Mm. Um but we we actually started to survey our letter recipients last year and mm. we're seeing tangible outcomes from this. Mm. So people who receive a letter of hope are much more likely, significantly more likely um, to reach out for further mental health support and connect mm. with a professional after receiving mm. the letter. Um, and then obviously we're seeing that beautiful cycle of people becoming volunteers. So it's making a tangible difference mm. uh, to the letter recipients, but also um, to our volunteers, like the amount of emails that I get where people say things like, um, when I'm writing these letters for someone else, I'm really writing them for me mm. and to me. Uh, we've got a volunteer mm. who actually makes a copy of each letter that she writes and she keeps it in a book mm. and she rereads it to herself. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, so it's kind of when you're writing from lived experience, you're healing whilst you do it. Um, and you're it's also cathartic, getting those. Right. It's so that, cathartic. It's, yeah. it's, it is. I was just going to say healing, I think. And I, I think yeah. a lot of us don't realise just how much healing we need. Yeah. Ourselves, yeah. you know. <laughs> So and, true. And we keep pushing through, we keep doing stuff. Yeah, I'll be right. I'll, you know, and then yeah. things just just catch up. Like, or you know, before you know it, you've got, you know, as one of our yoga teachers used to say to me to say to us, like, you've got a backpack just yeah. full of stuff that we carry yeah. all the time. And, you know, a lot of the time we just don't even realize that we're carrying this stuff. Yeah. Um, that's not causing us. Um, you know anything good anymore we're just still carrying this stuff with us so, so you know true. drop that backpack off heal from that backpack and you yeah. know from what's in there and and you know and then you can move on and it's um I do yeah. find it that really fascinating from a healing perspective yeah I love that backpack mm. analogy that's a perfect <laughs> way to describe it and I think um one of the really healing things when you come from a place of lived experience so when I write letters mm. of hope is it gives me a moment to reflect on wow where was I you know when I was you know 10 years ago when I was at mm. my worst and look at me now I'm now helping others and mm. this is how far my mental health journey has come as a result of that which can be really empowering and um, it gives you a minute to pause and actually reflect on that, which I don't think we really do otherwise. Mm, totally. Yeah. And so you've mentioned a few times about your own mental health journey. I know we've yeah. spoken a little bit about the moment. Yeah. I, I am always in awe of how raw and real you are with Thank you. <laughs> your own journey. And I know we were saying before we hit record on this that um, I nod most of the times as I'm reading your posts or listening yep. to your videos. Um, and like you do, so a lot of the time you're doing that as well when you're almost at that point where you feel like that too. Yeah, like that's a, that's that's pretty amazing as well to be that vulnerable to put that out there. Yeah, thank so you. Ha- you know, I just yeah, because I'm, I'm you know I just feel like you know when you've done that one, like the one where you went to your doctor's appointment. 
Yeah. Um, like that one was one that I, 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 that inspired me to talk to a lot of people about mental nice. health as well. Um, and to encourage people to go see your doctor, you can get an assessment done. You can, you know, talk about your mental health. Yeah. You know, I think the same thing when you see, see, um, other people and you can say okay I think you need to go see a doctor or have you spoken to a doctor and yeah um you can see the anxiety you can see the overwhelm you can see and but they just think they're fine um because it's the way they'll they just keep pushing on and it's you know and it's like you know there's there's help available um and make sure you're having these conversations but that is one that definitely did inspire me um and you know and it's memorable right I'm still talking about it I love that (laughs) So that's really good. So how do you manage? So now how do you manage your own mental health now? Um, yeah. Obviously, you know, you've got your charity, you work. Yeah. An ambassador of mental health, <laughs> all of this amazing stuff, getting all this amazing yeah. media coverage, speaking events, all of that stuff. How how yeah. do you do you manage your own mental health? Yeah, it's it's definitely not easy. Um, And, you know, I'm a big believer in it's always a journey. So mm. I, I don't think you can just be cured from mental illness. I mm. think it's just something that you slowly, gradually learn to manage. Mm. Um, and the best way to do that is to get help, to lean on supports, to speak to professionals, uh, read books, whatever it looks like for you. Just build up that toolkit over time so that when things do get worse or are exacerbated Mm. you've got a bit of a toolkit where you can be like right I know what to do now I know what to do Mm. next um I think being a social entrepreneur and and running a charity is always really hard Mm. um I think because it's born from lived experience um it means that I'm talking about that lived experience all the time. And it's Mm. really important to look after yourself when you're doing that, because Mm. it can still affect you, even though you talk about it every day. Um, So it's a journey and there are lots of ups and downs. And I always talk about the charity being like a bit of a roller coaster. Mm. Um, You know, going through these really huge highs and feeling really happy and excited um, to then when those moments are over feeling a little bit flat and down and exhausted from all the work that's been done mm. um, in the weeks before. Um, so I'm still working on it. But for me, it's been about just speaking to people about what I'm going through and, and being vulnerable, I think, mm. is a huge thing. So I will always speak to people that I trust around me and let them know if I'm not feeling 100 mm. percent. Um. And I'll be quite open and vulnerable with my volunteers as well. Mm. So, you know, just last week I put a video in our little group and said, I'm so sorry. I I know I seem like I'm a bit MIA at the moment. I'm just going through a tough time. Appreciate your patience. And and they appreciate that vulnerability Mm. so much. So I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves and we think that other people have these expectations of Mm. us. But when we're actually open about it and say, hey, I'm struggling, people get it and and it takes the pressure off. Yeah, Um, we're we're often um, harshest on ourselves. Yeah, we're so harsh on ourselves, and it's it's the funny that term, you know, be kind to yourself. Yeah, and we always say to everyone else, right? It's like, you know, be kind to yourself, look after yourself, you know, all of this. And I know I say it to a lot of people, 
And I know like that meaning though, it's a really serious piece of advice though. Mm. Like it's not like this fluffy takeaway. It's like do what you need to do to be kind to yourself. Yeah. You know, and that, that's, and that if is, if you need to speak to someone, if you, you know, need to phone a friend or if you need to rest or, you know, if you just need to give 30% today, cause that's all you can give. Right. Like that's, that's okay. Like there's always tomorrow where you give 150%. (laughs) Exactly. It's just about checking in with yourself Mm. as well. I think like Mm -hmm. we tend to just plod through the day to day and we're so busy that we just push through and we think oh you know I'll I'll worry about this when I've got time or I'll I'll stop when I've got time but that Mm. time never comes so I think a big thing for me has been making time like Mm. just this week you know it's I it was are you okay day a few weeks ago I've been doing so many speaking engagements working on weekends um and I just decided yesterday duvet day pajamas trash tv uh and just no no expectations (laughs) yeah exactly and that like I just feel so recharged after that so sometimes it's just recognizing when you need that recharge time before it's too late and before you burn yourself out that's so true Um, it's that it's that awareness which you just said it's having that awareness like it is self-awareness right having that that awareness of what you need yeah to recharge yourself that's um, it. You know, having that level of awareness and then following that through with the giving yourself permission yes. to do something because, and I know, you know, and it's the same, we give others permission to do this stuff, but I think sometimes we hold ourselves to unrealistic expectations. We do. Of what we expect of ourselves, especially high performers, you know, overachievers, you know, we yeah. you always hold yourself to some level of standard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and, you know, and then, there's that expectation that you think is on you, but no one else cares, right? Like Exactly. And, and then you open yeah. with them and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. And you kind exactly. of, it's that, and I know for me I'm a recovering people pleaser. Yeah. And it's really hard to get over what will others think, you it know, is. like really, really difficult to manage to, to yeah. almost flip that mindset um, yeah. of, of, you know, kind of not being that that people pleaser, you know. And yeah. then it's, I know for me, um it was kind of a lot of people like and when I say nobody cares like people do care about you but no one's thinking about what you're thinking of yourself in your head yeah it's it's so funny because we kind of and I find this with mental health in general when I speak Mm. to people about it and have these mental health conversations we seem to have this idea of what people will think and Mm. this perception of the stigma that's there Mm. um and I of course, there is still a stigma, you know, yeah. in certain in certain situations. It's definitely not completely gone. But mm. I do think that we've come a long way. Um, and I think maybe our self-stigma has not caught up with how much stigma in general has progressed and, and come. Um, oh, totally, yeah. It's kind of not because we still have this perception people are going to think that I'm incapable, people are going to think that I don't care and – all the rest of it when in reality people understand we're talking about mental health so much more now um, and people know how to respond to it and Mm. and not to judge now oh totally um, which is good 
And it's interesting because I know like working in mindfulness and self-care and I coach and I teach and, you know, I'm a yoga teacher and everyone expects you to be Zen all the time. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't kind of work like that. <laughs> it doesn't. And it's so hard to practice what you preach. Like I'm the it best is, at giving yeah. advice, but when it comes to taking it myself, mm. it's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it, it totally. And and I think yeah. this is why sometimes I'm, you know, it, it is, you know, you've just got to, um, and I know for me, the one thing that I'm, I'm is like having those strong boundaries, um, yeah. you know, communicating my needs, um, being, having that level of awareness of my well-being and what I need yeah. um, and what gives me energy and what zaps my energy. Yes. I that's think a really good one. Yeah. Cause I know fine for me, it's, you know, and sometimes I can be quite introverted so, you know, after a big day, I need to just go sit down quietly in a dark room. Right? Yeah, <laughs> so, and it's making sure that you yeah. get that time as well because there's mm. been times where I've been so – I'm an introvert too, yeah. um, but I come across extroverted sometimes, I think. And when I'm working and doing speaking engagements, it takes a lot of energy from me mm. socially. But – I was having these weeks where I'd be speaking all week. Then at the weekend, I'd book in, you know, dinner with friends and lunch with this person (laughs) and coffee with that person. And I didn't have any recharge time. So it's, I've very quickly learned that I need that time of nothing. Mm. I need Mm. that time of no expectations, not seeing or speaking to anybody, just being with the dog and, you know, relaxing is super important. And re- giving yourself permission to rest and to have the yeah. rest time because if you're out there like speaking and performing and doing all this yeah. stuff, right, that's it's draining. Like, yeah. And I think this is where um, Hugh Jackman is amazing as an example. Uh, I know that like because he's on stage night after night after night and I often use him in my mindfulness books and that as well because nice. he's on stage like, you know, doing his performance. He's amazing. Like he's constantly at it but he's got super strong boundaries. Yeah. Um, in order for him to go on and perform each night um, that, you know, he needs to go home straight after a show. He doesn't talk, you know, he doesn't, you know, like he's very strict with certain things over that time. So that when he's on stage, that gets his full energy. Um, Otherwise, because you just can't do it. Like there's two, then you're not performing at your best when you actually need to be performing. Exactly. And it was just, it really resonated because I'm like, that just um, is such a good way to look at rest um and perform yeah. and you know and how you're doing it because you just can't go 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 which I think can't. we're just we you know sometimes and I think we're getting better I mm. think we're definitely getting better at yeah. prioritizing rest um but I think it's those it's it's making the time for it yourselves giving yourself permission having the mindset and the discipline because yeah. our lives are so busy that we often get pushed and those boundaries get pushed <laughs> Yeah. And then we're the first ones to go, okay, maybe it's not that important. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And I think it's just recognising as well what the long-term impact is Mm. if you do just keep going Mm. Uh, because it comes at a cost. Mm. Like you can't just keep going, going, going. The reason that you need boundaries is because if you keep pushing, you will burn out and then you're Mm. not going to be any good to anybody. Totally, because yeah. you won't be able to do anything so it's really important yeah and I've learned normally from my own burnout experiences that if you don't stop the universe will make you stop yes that is <laughs> right. so true 
Yeah. And, you know, so that's some lesson that I've learned. So it's like, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm listening, universe. I know when to, I need to pull back a bit so that you're not going to make me <laughs> stop. Nice. It's a very important lesson. <laughs> it is totally. Um, so what what advice do you give to others? So if, you know, on their mental health, what are some, what are some little gems that you've got that you can offer to other people for their own yeah. mental health journeys? Well, I'd love to share something that I came across yesterday, actually, which I've just started to do. And it's really started to already shift my perspective. And I saw it on social media. It Mm. was a video. And I think it was a therapist. Um, And she said that she gives her clients often this homework. Mm. And the homework is to just take out your phone and once a day, take a photo of one thing that you find beautiful Mm. and I loved it so I did it yesterday and I actually ended up taking like 10 photos because (laughs) I'm just a bit like that um but I think you know that finding the good in your day and and that's not not to discount that there are bad things in life Mm. because I'm a strong believer that we shouldn't push our emotions out we shouldn't Mm. try to change every thought into a positive Mm. thought it's not realistic Um, it's important to accept that life has ups and downs and Mm. and navigate those ups and downs. But I think if we can find those moments in our day um, that are positive or are beautiful or we are grateful for them, it does help put things into perspective. Mm. Um, I've actually got a shelf in my office Mm. and um, it's basically my, I call it my wellbeing shelf. Beautiful. Um, It's got... (laughs) A salt lamp on it. It's got um some family photos on there. Um some little trinkets from trips I've been on, mm. and and I've also got just a pile of letters that I've received yeah. from letter recipients and volunteers that have written to me. So when I lose that spark or that sense of purpose, I um grab those letters and I read them and I go over to my shelf and I try to remind myself of why I'm doing what I'm doing and um you know reflect on the fact that these are some great times that I've had and now's tough but I will Mm. get through it and there will Mm. be more good times so um I think just finding those moments and also finding what works for you because it looks so different for everyone like my journey has been a long one. I got cognitive behavioral therapy in the UK, which personally didn't help me all that much. Mm. Um, after I moved here, I found a different therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy, mm. life-changing. Mm. Um, and I think it's easy sometimes to give up if you've tried something yes. and it's not worked. It's easy mm. to think, oh, well, I'm beyond help. And I'm not going to try again. What's the point? This doesn't mm. help me. Um, so I think my advice is keep trying and find the things that work for you because what works for one person won't work for the other person yeah. and so on. Mm. So find what works for you. Find the things that make you feel good and are helpful to you. Um, speak to someone, you know, a mm. professional ideally but also speak to your loved ones and let them know what's going on so that you don't feel so disconnected and alone Mm. because that sends you further into the spiral Mm. um but I think also advice to others who um potentially spot the signs that someone that they care about is struggling um 
I, I speak about this. It doesn't matter where I go or what I'm talking about. I always share this is mm. it's really difficult to say the wrong thing to someone if you are coming from a place of genuine care and concern. Mm. Um, so don't avoid a conversation with someone about their mm. mental health. If you feel like something's off, do not just avoid it out of fear that you're saying the wrong thing. You're going to say the wrong thing or that you won't have all the answers. You're not mm. meant to. Yeah. You're not meant to have the answers. You're just meant to be there to listen. And and it's really is that simple. Um, so I always like to share that. Have the conversation. Go through that little bit of discomfort to help the other person because it will be worth it. I think that's very good, very good advice. Um, and I think if you've always got a good intention and you're yeah. giving something with that intention, you know, like it's it's and I think one of my biggest learnings like through my yoga um journey is you know we can't control other people's reactions either so then we don't do something because we already have played forward in our mind how they're going to react right because we're trying to control things yeah and you know and so all we can do is give give with the intention that we want to give a message or with care or with any of that and be open to what comes back at us right from that side and I think for me that's always helped me remain open open-minded in any yeah. conversation you have um but also you know for me being a almost a control freak trying to always that was a huge light bulb moment for me to go wow like I don't control what others do yeah and, you know and it was yeah. really changed the way you have conversations um Definitely. as well and relationships because and then for me, it almost made me feel like a big weight was lifted off my shoulders because I'm like, oh, I can only be in control of what I do. Nice. Um, and that really, yeah, kind of helped and be open to, you know, and if someone else says no or whatever, that's okay. That's how they're responding to this. You can just, yeah. you know, be there to listen and to, and to provide the care and support. Um, Definitely. And point in the right direction, right? To, to that's it. That's what it's all about. It's not about having the answers. And, yeah, we do get caught up, I think, in trying to predict reactions and behaviours and even putting mm. expectations on mm. people and how they should or might mm. react. But, yeah, yeah it's, it's really simple. It's just acting with care and concern. And, you know, even out of Letters of Hope volunteers, the biggest question I get when someone becomes a volunteer is, mm. I'll get an email typically that will say, you know, I'm stuck. I don't know what to say. I'm scared I'm going to make it worse and say the wrong thing. I've never had to, I check every letter before it goes Mm. out and I've never had to throw one away because Mm. the intentions from those volunteers are always pure Mm. and good and Mm. that always comes through. So even if someone's not ready to talk, you kind of, if you open up a conversation you send in a signal to that person mm. that you care mm. and and that can be enough um for them to seek help or or take the next step oh totally and I yeah. think it's just um so amazing when you like I think you just see the best of people in these letters right yeah like oh. it really is like you look at the world and, and a lot of the time we are so programmed to focus on the negative or to be drawn yeah. to the negative and the yeah. noise all around us is negative so I yeah. think to have that you seriously would see the best in people and that high vibe and that we've yeah. all got inside of us yeah um, when we're coming from a place outside of our ego and outside of all of this when we genuinely you know want to help people which is like the best yeah. of humanity right 
that has been hands down my favorite part of of Letters of Hope. It's yeah. been, you know, I mentioned earlier how dark of a place the world can feel when you're in a bad headspace, and I mm. think this journey has challenged that for me so mm. much because even from what you know the first few posts I put in Facebook groups like people just wanted to help Mm. genuinely wanted to help and get Mm. involved and now that's magnified times a thousand with how quickly things are growing and I've met so many people who I never would have met Mm. um, had I not been on this journey and I've seen the best in people you know we've got our volunteers who are all amazing and using most of them using and reflecting on lived experience Um, But also outside of that, you know, the organisations that genuinely want to get on board and help and um, down to things like people who donate handcrafted cards. Like um, one of my friend's grandmas, uh, she's called Joy, (laughs) spends hours in her garage. She's retired. She spends hours and hours in her garage at home handcrafting cards for Mm. us to send our letters in. And that's given her a sense of purpose. Mm. But also just what a beautiful thing to do like I've just met so many amazing people um it's such it's so it's so beautiful like I think it's just such um um yeah it's just it gets you just so out of that day-to-day ego-driven yes world we live in and you can really see the beauty of that we should be seeing every day right and yes I think that's um just so yeah just so powerful yeah so how can people help you so what do how can people you know if they, they don't want to write it you know they can I know they can write notes or they can yeah. recommend notes or receive you know a letter yeah. um but how else can people help you I'm so the one thing I always say when I get asked that is anywhere you want to help like people <laughs> people tend to have these great ideas and it might be they want to donate something yeah. to put in the letters which I always love so uh, we accept donations both financial donations mm-hmm. and material donations mm-hmm. and and there's more information about that on the website mm-hmm. um, and our main funding generator is through the workplace mental health and well-being services and the mm-hmm. speaking engagements that I offer so if anybody knows anyone who's looking for mental health related services or mm-hmm. training um, then reach out to us because you get this great service but you also donate to charity in the process so it's a really cool thing to do so there are lots of different ways to help and get involved and even down to just following us on socials and spreading the word um, and just doing that one simple thing can make a big difference too amazing yeah so finally the last question for you yeah what are you most proud of oh that's a hard one I know I'm sorry that's a big one what are you most Um, proud of I'm definitely most proud of I think I'm just most proud of turning a really big struggle and tough experience into something that's helped people Mm. um I run a lot a lot of letter writing workshops and um I encourage people when they're writing letters to think about a time that they've needed kind words in their life and what they might say Mm. so I'm always taken back to teenage Abby when I bring that up and and Mm. think about what I might write to her and say to her 
And it's a huge thing that I'm proud of is just how far Letters of Hope has come, how quickly we're growing Mm. and how far my own mental health journey has come as a result. But also the people that we've helped, like our letters have literally saved lives. Like Mm. we've had people reach out and say, this letter has saved my life. Mm. I would not be here without it. So Mm. that's definitely a huge thing for me is how much that small thing has made such a huge impact and ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Like I think it's um, so inspiring for others to to turn their own journeys. Like we all have our own journeys, our own stories, um, and so inspiring about how you can use your own personal experiences, no matter how challenging they are, to help others. Definitely. Um, as well and it's hard yes and, yeah and stuff but it's definitely sounds like you've just you've created an amazing beautiful movement um with this um with lots and lots of people following you now which is yeah. um I think really exciting and so many letters going out so yeah. I just I just wish the world for you like in thank you, know, you which is why I wanted particularly wanted to share this over mental health month as well because I think it's just um, an amazing movement, amazing example um, of what you can do, but also just really gets to the rawness and realness um, of mental health from yeah. a day-to-day perspective too and simple things you can do to to help yourself um, Definitely. and seek that that support, you know, professional support if you need that as well. So I think yeah. there's all of those bits. So thank you so much, Abby, for joining me today, um, for sharing you. your wisdom experiences and light with us that's um definitely put the yay back into our mind and body in this um episode thank you thank you for having me thank you so much excellent well thank you everyone um for listening and we will see you in the next episode